Athletic presents Hogan Johns. It did feel better in the run game, so I was happy in that aspect. Um, we did have one or you know a couple of those three and outs where that that's hard, and then I did feel better about a lot of stuff, but none of that matters because you want to win. Loser. It's week eight in the National Football League. The Bears have a chance to take control of the division, but instead, another lackluster offensive showing. Mr. Nagy, it may be time to relinquish those keys. Falls to the end zone. He's got a man and caught for the touchdown, Robinson. And zone Cook has got it this time. Touchdown, New Orleans, with three seconds left in the half. Here to bring you all the information, the news, and the notes from today's game. I believe this is going to be our finest hour. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Ho. That broadcast school has really paid off. So, what are you trying to say? And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. You're the man. Bingo! Yahtzee! This one is Taysom Hill for the touchdown. (laughs) Good snap, good hold. Santos is good. This game is tied. So you're telling me there's a chance. In a 35-yard drive. Good snap. Good hold. Ball game. Saints win it in overtime, 26-23. I don't know about you guys, but I'm tired of being pushed around. Now it's time for Hogan Johns. Yeah! Oh, well, Ernie certainly tells us how he feels after these games. That was a brutal football game. It really was. Brutal. Capital B. What was your number one takeaway? <laughs> Don't punch a guy in the helmet. Um, we knew just, that already. Yeah, Javon, yeah, yeah, Javon yeah, Wims yeah, knew yeah. that already. Yeah, you should have. Um, they can't get out of their own way. Nothing comes easy for them. Just when it started to look like it might be a little bit easy. No. Yeah. No. Like they don't just shoot themselves in the foot. They multiple. They like continue to shoot themselves in the foot and then cut off the feet. It's it's bad football. Some bad football we watched today on Sunday afternoon. My biggest takeaway was that a good football team takes advantage of that situation before and after halftime. You're in the red zone. You're at the eleven yard line. You have the ball. You can go up seventeen to three, and you get the ball to start the third quarter. A good football team, even against a decent team like the Saints, puts away their opponent right there before and after halftime. The Bears did the exact opposite. They couldn't have done it worse. They really couldn't. And we're going to talk about all that nonsense here. Welcome in Hogan John's postgame episode for you. The Bears have fallen to 5-3. and three. I don't think anybody's terribly surprised, uh, but they put up quite a fight for, against the Saints, and this certainly ended up feeling like a game that they should have could have, uh, and again, I repeat, should have won uh, in overtime, and it didn't happen. They lose 26-23. to 23. You can follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read us. All the post-game reaction is up. My column is up at NBCSportsChicago.com. Johns' post-game coverage up at TheAthletic.com slash Hogan Johns. That is where you subscribe. That's where you should be subscribing. You also get Kevin Fishbane's post-game reaction and all the coverage throughout the week there. So let's start right there. The awful, brutal end of the second quarter and entire, entire third quarter, which continues. I mean, they are creating new ways to be the worst third quarter football team I've ever seen. <laughs> it's a, like, it's it's not even funny anymore. Like Kevin Fishbane will put that uh, 
running tally that he has with all the zeros with the one seven in there, yeah. just in terms of the the scoring. But some of the stuff that's happening in these third quarters, it's outrageously bad. Like t- today was. I forget whims for a second. Just the the Nick Foles interception after that, just bad, bad football in that third quarter. It, it's it's beyond weird because it's the the third quarter and it's like this all season. But like, I don't know what's being said at halftime. But they got to <laughs> something different has to happen at halftime to avoid third quarters like that. Uh, one thing I want to do in this podcast, and um, I'm not even afraid to call other people out for not doing it, but it is time to treat. Nick Foles with the same energy and intensity that y'all treated Mitch Trubisky. And I'm not saying it wasn't deserved with Mitch. And I feel like we did it here on this podcast when it was warranted. Okay? We always analyze the situation that was in front of us. And when Mitch sucked, we called him out for it. When he did good things, we said he did good things. Nick Foles has not played well he has just hasn't like congrats that he can throw a deep ball better than Mitch Trubisky who couldn't throw it at all like that's that's not a really that all that much of an accomplishment if you really looked at those passes like he actually underthrew Darnell Mooney a little bit and Allen Robinson made a hell of a catch on the touchdown to make sure that was a touchdown because he actually overthrew him a little bit on that one like those weren't perfect passes and so at halftime I felt like his passer rating, I think that was at 112.5, was completely misleading, especially because on the third and seven from the 11, right before halftime when the Bears could have gone up 17-3, to like I don't know what he was looking at there. I don't know what his decision-making process was, but he had Jimmy Graham one-on-one on the outside in the red zone, which is where he's most dangerous, and he throws an underneath pass to David Montgomery short of the sticks. I just, I don't get it. And the quarterback needs to be held accountable for that. Then he was just brutal. Like, he was part of the problems in the third quarter. Made some plays in the fourth to come back. Congrats. Again, there's the good. But there's a lot of bad in there. And Troy Aikman sounded like he just couldn't watch Bears football anymore. And I I thought they were rightly calling for Mitch Trubisky at that point in the game when they were so, so I actually went back and transcribed some of those quotes for, uh, from Troy Aikman. Like, here's one after, like, the Mitch Trubisky run. Like, like Troy Aikman, Hall of Fame quarterback, Super Bowl champion, wanted to get this conversation going almost immediately. So you have that niche, niche, niche Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky run, right? And only play the game other than, like, the sideline yep. Yeah. yeah, what was that? Like, yeah. just like an FU? Like, okay, that doesn't work. So enough like, of that. Here's our Taysom Hill. You know, we know we've been asking about a fan. So so, so here we go. Um, anyway, off the bat, Troy Aikman wants to have this conversation. Like, he wants to get to this point. And I quote, Well, it is interesting that they are 100% behind Nick Foles, and there's no consideration whatsoever of going back to Mitch Trubisky. But for him, the things that they miss with him not being the quarterback is his ability to cre- create plays on the ground. Like so we already want this is early in the game. Already wants to have this conversation and he continued it, you know, with little shot calm shots if you want. Little critiques here or there throughout the game. Joe Buck the same. Uh, they were none too pleased watching Bears football, especially the way Nick Foles started to play in, in those middle two quarters. 
Well, there was that one point where Aikman, um, like, just straight up said, I'm a little frustrated watching it. <laughs> and that was him, like, couching it. And it was after, like, a long rant where I'm like, he sounds like he's in physical pain right now. And yeah. then as I was typing that tweet, he literally said, I'm a little frustrated watching it. Like, yeah. To say the least, it's... Let, let me read another quote. Okay. That, like, I, I was happy to go back and transcribe these things so everybody could re- relive them, you know, just for a little bit here on this podcast, right? So this is after the the first pick. So this is even before, you know, the, the Zach Miller tweet where he has that Mitch Please yeah. shirt on. Like, did you see that? Oh, yeah. I saw it. Yeah. I retweeted it. Yeah. So this is after the first interception, was, which was a horrendous throw, basically straight to Marshawn Lattimore. It's been awful. It's been a total team collapse, starting with the last possession of the first half. This defense, which I think is really good, was awful. And this offense has been atrocious here in the first two possessions in the second half. I know Matt Nagy said no, he was not going to go with Mitch Trubisky. To, can't say his name today. I was not, he was not going to go with Mitch Trubisky at any point. But boy, if I was the head coach, I'd start thinking about it. I think there's a relatively easy case to make, actually, that at least in the if you, and you can't really do this because the context of Mitch's full career does matter in the decision that was made back in the week three. But just going off of what these quarterbacks have done this year, this season, I think Nick Foles has done more to get benched than Trubisky did. Yeah, the throws, like his interceptions, are the type of plays that would break Twitter. <laughs> At least Bears Twitter. Like people will be up in arms. You would have all the the Trubisky haters in the media would, would jump all over those throws. They they'd be all over them, right? These interceptions the Bears did not sign up for for Nick Foles. Like that that's what gets me, like too. Like this is not what the Bears expected. This is not what they wanted. This is not what he's supposed to be doing because he's supposed to be the veteran. I tweeted this during the game. There are times where he does not look whatsoever like a veteran quarterback playing for the Chicago Bears. He looks like a rookie at times, not a Super Bowl champion. It's it's got to be beyond frustrating over five full starts with Nick Foles. And, and we're going to get into this more in a little bit with some of Nagy's comments, but a lot of what Nagy said is going to be on the Javon Wims situation. So let's just talk about this now with full, since we're already on the, the conversation. But I asked, and you're going to hear this later, I asked Nagy like about being undisciplined, about the penalties, and about the pre-snap communication issues that keep happening. And his mind seemed to go straight towards that last thing I said, the pre-snap communication uh, where he said, I can't believe it's still an issue. And he said, that's what really pisses me off. And then he said, it really, like you heard the frustration come out. He said, we're reading things off an, a wristband. And then he just paused. He's like, so that's what I'm struggling with. <laughs> he doesn't like that wristband. <laughs> well, and it begs the question, like, okay, first of all, and Foles explained the wristband. He said it, it helps him with special calls. I don't know. Look, if a wristband helps a quarterback, fine. But they've changed something. Just, just so go ahead. Yes. Well, it's just 
But how is this still an issue? You know, like the, you aren't supposed to have these issues. He, this was a that's guy. That's the point. Yeah. Yes. Yes. This is a guy because of his experience with the Eagles, because of his experience with the Chiefs. This is the guy they felt so good about because of those past experiences, his comfort in the system. Nick Foles himself, like when he was acquired, brought it up himself. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on the, his, his exact wording, but he had that like viral quote. About how it's you know it felt like at home or something like for him. I'm completely messing up the quote, but everybody knows what I mean. This was not supposed to happen, at least for this duration, over five games, and it, and and at least to not to this level of ugliness that we're seeing consistently from him too. And I get it. Like to some extent, you didn't have the off-season program. Training camp was limited, but we're halfway through the season now. You know, I, I mean, that was a long time ago. I, it, like you just said, it shouldn't be happening to this level. If it's happening every once in a while, sure. But he sure is looking at that wristband a lot, isn't he? <laughs> it's like they go to him, and it's just like I. I it sometimes I wonder if they wanted to hurry up if they can, because it just seems like everything comes in so slow and is processed so slow. It's painful to watch. You know, there there is an argument that could be made about like just this being such a different off season, right? I, I understand that, but I, I feel like there's a, a few other quarterbacks who were new to their teams. Um, that are having more success. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, the Teddy Bridgewaters of the world. And look, comparing Br- him. How about rookies? You have Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. They got drafted in the middle of the pandemic. They didn't have an offseason program. They didn't have a long training camp. They're rookies in the NFL, and they both look good. I. And- I don't get it. And it's not like it's not like Nick Foles got number two reps or barely any reps during training camp either. Those things were split up. Yeah. He got a lot of work with the ones. A lot. Some days he got the full day with the ones. Well, and that's why I think part of it's on the coaching too. I mean, it's gotta be. It's gotta be on the system. Why is it why if it's if it's that hard to digest and execute then it should be simpler. Because I'm sure what those rookies are dealing with in their situations isn't this complex. But they're making it work because that's what you're supposed to do. Can I ask you something? How do you think the offensive line played today? Makeshift offensive line, right? Yeah. At um, one point, they're down to Alex Bars, Sam Mustafer, Rashad Like, a lot of injuries. But... My thought on this, and I want to hear what you what you think, is they actually played okay, but Nick Foles felt extre- he looked extremely uncomfortable behind them. I, I have never seen like those. I, I have seen throws like this. We, we've covered Bears quarterbacks, but like the the eighteen step drop back, throw it up. I don't think that's a recipe for success, and that's not how it's supposed to be. And I asked Nagy about that too afterwards, and. He admitted that that makes it really hard on the tackles. To me, he looks like a quarterback that's not trusting the interior 
Like he is just it seems to me like he has no faith in stepping up in the pocket. Which there's probably been enough struggles there that that's warranted. But the drifting backwards when you're throwing isn't helping anything. And he's doing that at times when he can step up. Troy Aikman even pointed that out at one point in the broadcast. Like, this is where you need to step up. There's room to step up in the pocket and deliver the throw. throw. And Drew Brees is still doing that. Drew Brees, I can't emphasize this enough. Man, his arm is virtually gone. I mean, it is that is not the same Drew Brees. And we can talk about that with a defense later, too, because I had a problem with some of the ways... The defensive approach. I didn't necessarily have a problem with how they played. I had a problem with some of the approach against Drew Brees. So we'll get to that. Uh, yeah. Before we get to Nagy, we got to address Javon Wims' whole deal because that was part of the third quarter um, nonsense that went on. But in the so you have the pre-snap communications. You have the awful way that the second quarter started, where it was could have been seventeen to three. Turns out to be 13-10. Nick Foles was bad to start the third quarter. You had the pre-snap confusion. You had a special teams pre-snap penalty, then bad coverage. Like, you had everything going on. And then out of nowhere, Javon Wims just jumps a guy. I've never seen anything like it. Like, there's fighting a guy who's covering you. And then there's walking away from the guy who's covering you, like ripping off the guy you're about to encounter and attack. Like I think he ripped off his his, his mouthpiece, right? He, he ripped something off in front or of him. Like, cha- I don't know if it was a chain or something. Chain strap, yeah, 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 chain or something. And then he punches him. And then he punches him again. I, I have. I know there's history with this Saints player. Do you remember last year? Yeah, he's the, the one that did the short joke on Tariq. Yes, but there's even more. Remember at the end of the game where Allen Robinson scores the touchdown and then he, he gets up and immediately encounters a Saints defender? Same oh, player. Yeah, yeah, yeah Remember yeah. after the game, Allen Robinson had to be basically dragged off the field because he was trying to fight somebody on the field? Same player. So there's history here with this player and the Bears' receiving core. But to go up and sucker punch a guy after you just gained five yards in first down in a tight ball game, do you cut him? I think with all the context you just explained, I don't know you if you can cut him because I'm not sure that entirely sends the right message then that you're not allowed to stick up for your guys. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm he certainly went above and beyond to an unacceptable level. Now, on the flip side, if you do cut him, I mean that sends a that sends a pretty damn big message. And at this point, like this team could use a message like that. Now, like, now there's been some accountability, right? Ted Ginn got benched. I I thought that was notable. Um, there's another move. Why 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 am I blanking on it? But, well, what about the left guard that can't block anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's not good. Um. Demetrius Harris, I think, only played a handful of snaps today. So there's another move towards accountability. Now Cole Komet did not play much, nearly had a fumble. Jimmy Graham had a bad game, and their snaps were high. Um, but you saw some level of accountability taking away snaps away from Harris, who had some problems with drops. Ginn deserved to be benched after not fielding one punt against the Rams. 
So to see Javon Williams go up to Saints defensive back, let's name him this time, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and sucker punch him twice, look, the league is going to come after him. Um, he deserves to be benched at least for another game, put Riley Ridley in there anyway. Um, but I definitely think they have to consider his release. That That's egregious, disgusting behavior. It was pretty bad. Okay, so Matt Nagy was not too pleased after this one. He was, uh, it was the, the pissed off Matt Nagy. He even said he was. And I think you hear that in his post-game press conference. We're going to play the whole thing for you. Let you soak it in. Here he is, the head coach. Matt, can you tell us what you saw on the, on the whims fight and what, you, what was explained to you and what you just think about that behavior in, in general? Yeah, um, I did not see it. I totally missed it. I was looking down when I heard about it. Um, but what I did hear is what it looked like, which is uh, completely unacceptable. Um, we've, we've talked to him and told him that that's not how things go here. Um, one of Javon's strengths is his character and who he is as a person. And, you know, he's since apologized, but uh, that's, that's not – that's uh, you don't have that. There's no part of that in this game. Uh, again, I still haven't seen it, but from what I heard, it's not good. So um, that's just – that's not how we roll here, and that, that's uh, – we'll be talking to him. J.J.? Matt, on that play, it took you from a second and start with that. On that play where Wims of the, the fight, it took you from a second and five to a second and twenty. Nick got intercepted on that pass. How did that change your play call that you thought you were going to get when you're looking down at your sheet, thinking it was second and five, then all of a sudden you got to go to second and second and twenty? Yeah, it's brutal. You know, you come out in the third quarter, and we've struggled all year long in the third quarter, and. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, you know, JJ, I mean, you, you can totally understand the question you just asked. You go from second and five to second and 20. That's hard. You know, that's 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 hard. So um, what I don't like is you come out, um, you know, it's a tie game and uh, you have an opportunity to, to do some things and we go the other way. And then and then on top of that, we, we, we have that stuff that goes on. So um, it just I felt like it, it, it kind of it took the sting out. Um, the fire for a little bit. We had to regroup the defense, at least in that situation with the field position, was able to hold them and not let them score touchdowns. Um, but we had to regroup offensively on the sideline and just let her, let these guys know, like, like, we're, you know, let's go. Get on track and get 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 out of that. And uh, that's kind of why, why we were with that. Jason? Uh, Matt, how long have you been thinking about or working on that kind of role for Mitch? And is that something you could expand in your offense going forward? Yeah, we could. You know, I, again, Mitch, uh, a lot of credit to Mitch. He's done a, a really good job at, at, uh, in his role that he's in right now. And it's a, it's a weapon for us to be able to use his legs and then all, obviously be able to throw the ball as well. So um, that's something that we're looking at. And every game could be a little bit different, but it's what, something that teams have to prepare for. Adam Hoke. And Matt, whether it was the, the whims fight or some drops or penalties, um, some more confusion, it looked like pre-snap sometimes getting plays. And I know I think at one point the helmet went out, but 
just in general, it seemed like discipline was maybe an issue throughout this game and some unforced years. Do you do agree with that? And can you pinpoint why that continues to be an issue? Yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. You're right. There is there is issues there. That that's what bothers me, and that's what pisses me off is that is that there is that issue still going on. Excuse my French, but um, you know we're reading it from a wristband. So um, you know, I just uh, I'm struggling with that right now, and and it's uh, it's getting you into a hole. It's called you know, and and so that has to uh, that has to change. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I can't sit here and say anything other than what you just said. When you have somebody throwing punches, when you have um, the things that are going on right now um, with us in the offense and, and just trying to get things going, guys are fighting, they're sticking together, but then you have that happen. It, it just, it, it takes away everything that, that you work hard to get to and fight for. And what bothers me is we got a lot of we got a lot of uh, good guys that that are doing things the right way, and then it just it takes it away. Jeff Dickerson. Yeah, man. To kind of follow up on that, um, how do you feel about the offense in general today? I mean, there were some really good moments. You had that that four play eighty yard drive, aired out the Mooney, and you know, great catch by A Rod there for the touchdown at the end. You know, Dick leads you guys back and force overtime, but. How do you couple that with all the other issues you kind of just discussed? You know, that stuff that seems like is kind of maybe holding you back sometimes offensively. Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at the the run game, and I thought it, I felt, it felt better today. It, it did feel better. And that, that team's pretty good against the run. Um, it did feel better in the run game. So I was happy in that aspect. Um, you know, and we were able to have, I think we had a couple double-digit drives with, with plays, 13-play drive couple other ones and so the rhythm of being able to get into rhythm was good um we did have one or you know a couple of those three and outs where that that's hard and then it, again the start of that third quarter i didn't like i don't like and um it's been a theme so trust me we're looking at it we've we've <laughs> we've done different things and in, 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 in how to adjust that and it's weird that it just keeps happening so um but yeah yeah, you're you're right. It's uh, I did feel better about a lot of stuff, but none of that matters because you want to win. Kevin Fishbane, Matt, when you guys got the ball back in the third quarter, I think it was your third drive. Um, you had the the third and three. David came out short, and then Nick tried to call uh, draw him off sides. For you as a head coach, what's going through your mind at that point? Your third possession. You, you talked about the struggles. I mean, how. Kind of much did you just want to stay out there and just try to sustain a drive at that point? Yeah, I mean, I knew I knew we weren't going to go for it there on fourth down. We're just just like Sean did to us at the end, trying to get us to jump off sides and try to steal a free first down, and that's what we were doing. Um, we tried to pop a run on that third and two, third and three, just to to steal a first down, which we've done. We did a couple times today on third down, and that can that can keep a defense honest with some of the things they do, and you can hit some. Uh, we just didn't we didn't hit that one, and so unfortunately, it made it into that fourth and one, fourth and two, and your 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 field position wasn't real good, and then also that wind at that point in time was kind of kicking in our face, so it just uh, that that one hurt a little bit. Stacy Dales, Coach, um, you appear to be very emotional. Um, I'm just none of us can understand what it's like to be in your position. What kind of emotions are you feeling right now 
going through this process to give us a perspective of, of how difficult this is in a pandemic against a really good team and you're, you know, fighting for your life, so to speak. Yeah, I would say um, the the frustration comes just because I, I want it so bad for, for these guys. I want it for the city. I want it for our organization. And um, I care a lot about um, all, all of that that I just said. And so it's emotional at the end of a game when you fight like this and you're playing against a good football team and a Hall of Fame quarterback and a um, a real, they're, they're a good football team. So to lose like that on a last second field goal in overtime, there's, there's positives that you take out of it. But again, it's always better to coach off the wins than it is the losses. Um, when we reflect at where we're at right now, um, I know no one's happy and we're not happy. We're, but what we got to do is, uh, fortunately for us, any way you look at it, we ended up winning uh, these five games early on. And so now we got to figure out, okay, are we going to start going against each other? Or are we going to stick together and fight through this thing? And um, I know what we'll do. It's just, it takes time. And, and then anytime you lose two games in a row, um, that part hurts too. You know, we're not, we don't want that. We don't like that, but we, I, we got to rely on the leaders right now in times like this. Uh, this is times, in my opinion, when the leaders of your team, they step up and they say, all right, enough's enough. It's go time. And that's where we're at right now. Thank you. Yep. Pat Finley. Matt, you guys have leaned on your defense all year. You know, when it gets to overtime and, and they allow two fairly substantial drives, did, what, what did you make of their performance um, and and the ability to get home or the inability to get home at, uh, to Breeze uh, when rushing the pass? Yeah, there's a few plays here or there that I know that they'll want back, um, but we feed off of our defense. That's just, you know, let's face the facts. That That's who we are. Who, that's who this team is. We, we are, we, we feed off of how our defense does and, um, I'll never, I'll never question or, or, or get on those guys in regards to what I think they're doing or not doing. I'm, I'm proud of them. I think they play hard. Uh, and again, they're going against a, a really good offense today and a great quarterback. So um, I'm going to rely on them, continue to, to keep listening to what their suggestions are, where they're at. They're going to keep fighting. Chuck and the coaches are going to do the same thing. And then um, we as a unit collectively, uh, all three phases have to, have, can only follow, you know, and just keep, but I'll, I'm proud of them. And, and uh, I know they're going to want to always play better, but we got to just keep plugging along. A couple more for coach Jason Leisure. Matt, offensively, I look at this and it seems like one of your better games. It seems like progress possibly is your frustration. The fact that you see those flashes and there's a disparity between what the offense could be and what it consistently is. Yeah, I think you're right. That's what it is. And, it's hard. It's hard for me um, to try to figure that thing out. It's hard because we're all trying. And, you know, we, we had a we talked about just cutting it loose and just having fun and not playing tight and, and doing that. And there was a lot of times in that game I felt where, we, you know, we were doing that. And again, um, I'm just going to continue to go back. I'm really, really bothered by that third quarter incident that bothers me. Um, I, I just, I'm being completely honest with you guys. It, it, it bothers me. And so, um, uh, you know, but I, I am proud of the guys that played hard. I'm proud of the guys that were selfless and tried to do everything they could to help us win. Adam Hogue. And hey Matt, understanding that you had a few guys out on the offensive line, um, 
how do you, I guess, judge what Nick is doing? Sometimes it just seemed like he was retreating a lot, uh, moving backwards a lot, sometimes throwing as he's moving backwards. How, how do you judge what's how much the offensive line is causing that versus situations where maybe he can step up and handle it better? And in general, how did you feel like Nick Foles played today? Sure. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard for those tackles if you do keep back on. And I'm not saying because it's, again, like in my shoes when I'm out there calling plays and doing different things, I, I can't see all the exact details of that until I watch the tape. Uh, and I know Nick is trying his damnedest to be able to push up in the pocket and do different things. Um, so, but that, that is a big part of this and, and he'll, he'll be hard on himself on when he's doing it and not doing it and where his eyes are at when the ball's coming out what the accuracy is of the throws, uh, his decision-making, et cetera. And then when the, when the throws are being made, you know, are we making catches? Are we protecting it all? It all needs to be in unity. And right now there's just a little bit of that off, which is a reflection of how we're, we're going right now on offense. There was a couple drives in there and, and that one where, I mean, Let's face it, he made a, an unbelievable throw on that deep post to Mooney and followed it right back up with a with a great throw and a trust to A-Rob, and A-Rob made a spectacular catch. That felt good for us. We needed that. And that's what you want to kind of feed off of and, and like, okay, now we can get going. Now we can play ball. That's us. That's who we know we can be, all of us together. And and so is it going to be perfect? No. Guys, I mean, look at look at the, the Saints. I mean, there's – you look at what they did offensively and there's times where they weren't perfect and, and things weren't great, but you know, they won the game and they did enough when they had to. So we just got to, we got guys that, uh, you know, they want it. And when you want it, you just keep plugging away. And I know it feels it's hard, but uh, trust me, we want it with, for everybody. We want it for you guys. We want it for us. We want to win. We want to win. We want to win. And we're not going to stop until we do getting better at fixing everything. Last one for Coach Dan Wiederer. Matt, how significant was the wind on the field today? And then late in the first half, you guys had a chance to go up 17-3 to and, and stalled out inside the red zone. Anything about the end of that series that sticks out to you when you think about it now? Um, I got it. You know, the wind, number one, was um, at times it was kind of swirling. At one point in time, I thought it was going left to right. And then literally 30 seconds later, I said to the coaches, I think it's now going right to left. So um, it was kind of back and forth, but I didn't think it affected the throws as much as I thought maybe going into today that it would. And then that, that series there, like you said, to be able to go up uh, 17 to three instead 13 to three. Um, again, we, we feel like, you know, in the red zone, that's where we want to, we have players that can be, you know, good threats and put it together. And so, yeah, that's a, that one there. And then again, at the end of the half, knowing that we're getting the ball, to start the third and we gave up that touchdown there to make it, uh, you know, we were doing a great job on D the whole time. And then they just kind of chunked away and got that, got that touchdown at the end. I thought that was kind of big too. Thanks coach. All right. So John's a lot to digest there uh, on a number of different topics. I do think though that look, there's a lot of, maybe overblown concern about Matt Nagy. However, it's like with each one of these games, I find it harder and harder to call it overblown, if that makes sense. Like these are the same mistakes that keep getting repeated. And if they don't come back, which I guess you got to give them credit because they do come back. They, they have a lot. They fight. Season. They fight. 
Um, and, you know, after how they looked on Monday Night Football, they did have a chance to go up 17-3. to Like, they, they looked like the better team for a big portion of the first half. But if they hadn't come back, I mean, that meltdown in the third quarter it would have been an absolute all-timer. And it's still the same issues that keep popping up every single game. They're not getting corrected. And they still cannot find an offensive identity. They've been searching for this now for two seasons. Changed quarterbacks because of it. Gave up a fourth-round pick because of it. Restructured a big contract because of it. I think it always comes back to Nick Foles. Um, you just know the Bears expected something different, right? Like, it, no, no matter how much they talk about this process and transition and we're trying to fix it, you know, we're just going to go back and work hard. It's just like, I think Bears fans are just a bit, a bit tired of it, right? Like, we've, we've heard all this before. Same answers, looking for the same solutions. <laughs> The quarterback is supposed to change a lot of this. We thought better decision-making, quicker release, all those things would benefit the Bears. Nick Foles is not delivering it. I don't care who's on the offensive line. He's just not delivering it. He isn't. And and that's the thing. I mean, we know this. This has been the story of the Chicago Bears our entire lives. I mean, you got to have a quarterback that you can – Lean on when things are going poorly and carry you uh, at other times. And they just don't they don't have that. And I, I do think that's a big problem. But I also think that there's some consistent things showing up here that I, I don't know where else you put them than on the coaching, too, at some point. There are two. Um, I guess I'll start my naggy criticism today with this. Here they are trying to stage another comeback, and time is is completely of the essence, right? So they get down to the one-yard line because of, of a penalty, right? Goal to go. And then you have two runs by David Montgomery, back-to-back plays for a total yardage of minus two. Yeah. So when they took over, uh, first and goal from the one. There was four, four, four fifty-three left on the clock. By the time they decided to pass the ball to Darnell Mooney on third down, there was three thirty-five. And they may not look in the grand scheme of things. They scored a touchdown. They brought it within three points. They were still in this game, but you know. <sighs> This defense just deserves better. They don't. They should not be in this position over and over and over again. But you know what I'm saying about those runs? Like, yeah, no, they uh, didn't make yes. sense. Like, they didn't. It, it waste, he wasted. Uh, he wasted like 90 seconds virtually, which which is a lot of time in a football game. You know, like that could. Like you tied the game at the end. Yeah, I think maybe you may may have wanted that 90 seconds. See, so you weren't feeling as much pressure. Just just the thought. Well, maybe you could have won it there instead. You said if you it. had more time. I don't. I mean, probably not. But, um, and and what did you think? It's interesting to me to hear. Wouldn't you call what we heard in there obvious frustration with Nick Foles too? 
Yes. So yes. that's why I'm kind of surprised that he still doesn't th- even think about going back to Mitch. Because um, you could f- hear it in his post game that he's clearly frustrated. Yes. yes. With Nick Foles. Yes. And it's not just the decision making, but just the whole execution of the offense. I, a lot I, of it pre snap. I wonder if, well, yeah. Going back to that uh, armband that you don't like, Adam. Um, where was I going to go with this? Totally blanking on my thought now. Way to go! Went back to the armband. I got to look at my own my own armband. For, yeah, for, where's your for, armband? For, 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 for your, some notes. <laughs> your thought back. <laughs> on this. Oh, okay, yeah, here it is. Okay. Here it is. Here it is. We're back. We're back. Do you see sacks as a quarterback stat? Um, what do you mean, like? Is it on the quarterback? Yes, like partially. Yes. How would you view some of the sacks? How many were there tonight? Five, four or five? I forget exactly. I can look it up right now. Well, if you're asking me if there have been that many sacks if Mitch had been playing, the answer is absolutely not. And and they were here. And this is what I was getting at at the beginning of the podcast. I think people who were so against Mitch are now afraid to criticize Nick because they don't want that to be like misconstrued as like they're calling for Mitch to come back because they were so against Mitch they can't be for that at all okay you know it's just so stupid all i'm asking is in the same way we did this with Mitch to evaluate the quarterback who's playing in front of you okay and both of the, you can argue and it's not even an argument like there was that scramble at the end where where Foles took that sack. Okay? There's no doubt in my mind Mitch picks up a first down there. On the scramble. On the scramble. But Mitch can't even or uh Nick can't even try to do it because he can't scramble. But even in that moment, even if you aren't fast and you're probably not going to get to that first down marker, trying to would be better than turning around in a circle going backwards and taking a sack. You might as well try to go get the first down. Yeah, throw the ball away. So to answer your question, yes, some of those sacks are 100% on the quarterback tonight. And there are ways. And They miss Mitch Trubisky's mobility. There's absolutely no question about that, especially behind this makeshift offensive line. Now, would Mitch have hit those deep throws that led to the touchdown? No, and that's why you can evaluate it both ways. Either way, the quarterback play is not good enough. That's the biggest problem. Yeah, his um, 92.7 pass rating, which is his best mark of his five full starts, extremely misleading. I agree. Extremely misleading. That's why it's an imperfect stat. Um, I like calling it an imperfect stat. Um, it is a good way to, to compare guys. Um, but, yeah, he just... If this was his, it, it did not feel like his best game. That's my point. Like of the five starts, like th- this was not a great defense, especially in the secondary. And they ran the ball well against the the like that was that's the strength of the Saints stopping the run. And David Montgomery, bold prediction, flirted with a hundred yards. They said it. I was so happy about that. What did he finish with? Eighty six, eighty nine, eighty six. One of those in the eighties. I'll give it to you. Totally they said it on the broadcast. You were right. 89. Totally flirted with it. Totally flirted with it. That's but the second time in three weeks I think we've both hit our bold predictions. I know. We're on fire. 
We're on fire. But <sighs> brutal game. All right, as we wrap things up here on the podcast, part of me is this game is over. Wonders what the offensive line would have looked like if Jason Spriggs had not come back in the game. I don't know why. I'm going to start to call him my guy, too. I don't know why Alex Bars can't get on the field. <laughs> um, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm curious. I'd like with how, how much the line struggles. I don't, I don't know why you don't try it. But anyway, there's a moment where Jason, so Bobby Massey gets hurt. It's a knee injury. That might not be a good thing. Uh, he never returns. Jason Spriggs comes in. He's your backup swing tackle. And he gets hurt. So when that happens, Alex Bars does come in the game. But he goes to left guard. And Rashad Coward goes to right tackle. I found that move particularly interesting. Because part of why I thought Coward was playing guard was because Bars was also able to play tackle. I don't know. That whole thing kind of confused me. Anyway, after halftime... I thought things went okay there um, because that was the sequence where the Bears got down and should have made it 17-3 when you had that that line where Bars was at left guard and Coward was at right tackle. Anyway, halftime ends. Spriggs comes back out. Bars is back on the sideline. Coward's back at left guard. And while I do agree overall that the offensive line played well enough and that some of those sacks were on Nick Foles, a couple of them were definitely on the offensive line, including one where Spriggs just got completely turned around by Cam Jordan. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the sacks. If I had to like yeah. rank the sacks that are on the line, like that's number one. Um, I thought Spriggs struggled. I th- yeah, but but given like who they are and who are they who they were going against and. Just how many of, in terms of reserves, were playing? I thought they were okay. I, I I really did. Going back to running the football, heck, even throw Nick Foles' passer rating in there if you want, right? Like that. They held their own given the circumstances of, of who they are and who they're playing against. And then yes, you, they get all scrambled again because because of the Bobby Massey injury. Um. To go back to your Alex Barr's point, since the Bears seem to be in the spirit of accountability, Tedkin Jr., Demetrius Harris, I almost wonder if it's Rashad Coward's turn. It could. It should have been his turn two weeks ago. Should have been his turn. Yeah. Me. That. I mean. Of, of I would argue things, he didn't even deserve the turn. <laughs> I, I. I. Of all the things I cannot explain over this, this like three four week stretch. That's the one. Th- I mean, I wrote about. I don't. I, I. It's exhausting. I keep bringing it up. I. I and I kind of feel bad. Like I'm picking on the guy. But something's going on there where they're seeing something I'm not. So maybe I'm the dummy. But was it the stunt that got him today, or he just completely? Oh my lord! Just just missed it. Was it Davenport coming around? I. I, I no I idea. The, he had no idea what was happening there. Yeah, just just not good. Well, he's a defensive lineman. Yeah. Yeah, he's a defensive lineman. Alex Bars played at Notre Dame 
on the offensive line. Weren't they supposed That's, to be some like uh, factory for offensive linemen for a bit? Yeah, I, I don't know, yeah. but I, I know there's. Hey, a Sam Mustafer looked okay at center. Yeah, yeah. Now Over, the only I, thing we don't know about that is sometimes the communication stuff, and maybe that had something to do with the pre-snap communication. Because when Nick Foles was asked about Mustafer after the game, he seemed to miss Cody Whitehair a lot. I thought that was an interesting <laughs> answer. Yeah, well, Cody hasn't been playing. Up to his expectation no, level, either he hasn't, he hasn't, and that's one thing that maybe that's pot. I mean, I hate to keep moving Cody Whitehair around because that doesn't seem to help. But if Mustafer is playing okay at center, maybe it's better when Whitehair comes back for him to play at left guard. Yeah, whatever you got to find the best five combination there. Especially yeah. you might be without Bobby Massey for a while now. I would. Uh, Hope they look for other options. Like trade market. Quentin Spain played you know, he played for the Bengals today. He did. Bengals won, right? They did. They beat the uh the, the Titans. Who the Bears play next? Quentin Spain was the difference. Oh, the Titans are all gonna be they'll be ready. Mike Vrabel will have that team ready to go. Yeah. Uh, interesting Jimmy Graham tweet after the game. He said, I wasn't good enough. I let my team, city, and myself down. I own it. I will be better. Couple drops. Bad false start penalty. That was on third down, I believe, right? Yeah. Not good. You're not paying him, what is it, $8 million a year, $9 million a year for that? Can't have that from a guy who's been to uh, a few Pro Bowls. All pro season here or there. Was it just me or were the, did the Saints keep diving at his legs, though? Wasn't that weird? Yeah. yeah. Every time they tackled Jimmy Graham tonight, they were going after his legs. There was one I mean, where I thought he was seriously injured. Yeah, I mean, he's a big guy. That's probably the best way to bring him down, but I don't know. It, it got to the point where it was a little fishy, I thought, by the end of the game. Are you saying they're putting bounties on guys? <laughs> <laughs> Bad joke, but that yeah. stuff happened. That stuff happened. Yeah, I don't, that doesn't have to be a joke. That team. <laughs> All right, uh, and then I'm gonna finish up by picking off, uh, picking on the defense just a little bit for not picking off the passes. <laughs> uh, that there was one problem. They missed go. some opportunities. Eddie Jackson had one go through his hands. Roquan Smith. Heck of his a play, was a, though. Yeah. His was a little tougher, uh, but that was an opportunity to win the game on a pick six. And, and that's the thing. Like, the margin of error for that side of the ball, it's not fair, but it is so thin. And those are that's just with this offense, those are the plays they need to make. I it, think – go ahead. Well, but my biggest issue actually had to do with schematically. And I realize this is how the Bears have been playing all season, so you don't want to change your identity too much. But when it comes to the bending, not breaking, a lot of that is because they play a lot of off coverage and they keep things in front of them. Well, the thing about Drew Brees is he's still a surgeon underneath. He cannot throw vertically the same way. But if you're going to leave him stuff underneath, he is going to pick you apart. And look, the Bears defense did enough today to win the game. That's not at all what I'm trying to say. I just didn't love that approach. I thought that there were times in this game, 
actually where it was proven when the Bears did actually come up a little bit more when they needed to late in the game. Um, they forced Drew Brees to make some throws that he's not necessarily comfortable making anymore, and that's when you almost got those interceptions. Like it kept it kept feeling to me, Johns, that if they had kept playing tighter coverage, eventually Drew Brees was going to throw the ball to the to the Bears. And My, it, he kind of did, but they didn't take advantage no, of it. No, no. I just wanted to see more of that earlier in the game. My biggest complaint of the defense was the final possession of the first half. First, yeah. okay. First, I'll say this: Can, can Kyle Fuller get a break? Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. That was not a, that was not pi. No, no. It, it, <laughs> I'll keep my okay. No swear Wait. words. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you're not gonna get fined. <laughs> no, no. I just, I, you know, so we we know kids listen to this, so I don't want to yeah. swear yet. But that was just just a bogus call, awful call. Um, but that said, I tweeted this: a soft penalty followed by soft coverage is a recipe for disaster, right? And, and it was Jalen Johnson who got beat to, on the touchdown to Jared Cook. They didn't um, cover him twice, though. Yes, it should I have know. been a touchdown the play before that, but yes. Drew Brees missed him. Don't, don't you think that um, Sean Payton like saw that? Like someone like, hey, they're, they're way off. That play is going to be open. Just switch the side, same route. Um, not but that good. wasn't even the worst. That wasn't even the worst play of the drive to me. It was third and thirteen. Oh people, yes, yes. People were yes. mad at Nagy for calling timeout. I don't. I don't blame him for calling timeout there. You're expecting your defense to get a stop, and you could get the ball back. Uh, now, should he consider his offense and maybe not get that aggressive? Like I see that side of it too. But by far the biggest issue in that situation is again they played off. They the other thing was. And they corrected a little bit in the second half, but the first half, they had no answer for Alvin Kamara. No. And, no. like, there's the one guy you had a game plan for all week. And I just, again, did not like the approach. It, some of it was execution, but I thought part of it was the scheme and the approach by Chuck Pagano. They played off him. He picks up 12 on 3rd and 13. That allows them to get, go for it and get it easily on 4th and 1. To me, that was the biggest play of that whole sequence not the pi not the awful coverage in the end zone it was when you actually had and you go back to the play before that it was second and 18 they wasted a khalil mack strip sack yeah yeah um that was a screen was it not too i'm forgetting the exact play just like a no the 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 this the third down play where they picked up 12 yeah well, it was a third. I mean, of, of course it was. I mean, third and thirteen. Yeah. Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, for all the things we just talked about. Yeah, he's a matchup problem. Drew Brees can't put the ball down the field. Like, what do you think this, the Saints? Yeah, but are what, do? yeah, exactly. What do you think they're going to do there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that possession, that drive, that brought them within. Of course, they you know they scored the touchdown, brought them within three points. Like that possession, even with the help of the officials. I think that's on Chuck Pagano. You got to hold him to three points there at the very least. Yep, I agree. It's a huge, and it was a huge sequence uh, in the game. And you know, it, it does feel sort of wrong to to kind of get on the defense for one really bad possession, but it was a big one. It was a big one. And and with this offense, like I know it sounded like a joke. My bold prediction: the Bears will score an offensive touchdown. But you almost got to approach the game like they're not going to at this point. 
it's not fair, but that's you know ultimately the defense's job is to prevent the other team from scoring. So and it shouldn't be that easy, regardless. Yeah, my complaints I think with the defense are limited to that second half or first half uh, possession, and then some of the, just the, the coverage. There was one where like Alvin Kamara is not even covered. Tashawn Gibson's like 15 yards off him. Uh, there were a few plays at least that that felt that way. Uh, or you had two guys in one area. That happened a couple times. Khalil yeah. Mack dropping back into yes. coverage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's another complaint. Can we stop doing that? Like, I get you got to have diversity, but you're not paying him all that money to drop in the coverage. I, I, I'm just sorry. Like, let him go get the 40-year-old quarterback who can't put the, put the ball down the field, will you? Like, it just seems so simple. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to do it. Five and three. If there's doesn't, any po- doesn't positive note, doesn't completely feel like it, but no, no. But five and three, you repeat that in the second half. It does bring them the ten and six, which with the seventh wild card should get should it. be enough. I will say though, it's not good that they just lost back to back games to the Rams and Saints. Those are teams you might end up having tiebreakers against, and it doesn't help your NFC tiebreaker. You know your NFC record. It doesn't help. You're about to go into Nashville as underdogs against a team that just lost and you know has one of the best running games in the, the league. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Although I will say though, if I if I can't end on one positive, the fact that they should have been up seventeen to three in a game I really did not think that they had much chance of winning. It shows you that the the potential is still in there for them to be able to win any game they play. In. Now they have failed to win these last two yep. games. I certainly don't think I'll be picking them to beat the Titans. But, man, if they could clean things up, if they could look more disciplined, if they could stop committing so many unforced errors, they are probably good enough to win games and make the playoffs. But, boy, do they got to clean up a lot. Oh, wait for a dip. Right? All right, good way to end the podcast. Follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns for more. Read us, the post-game reactions up. Mine's at NBCSportsChicago.com. Johnsy's at The Athletic, TheAthletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Subscribe. Please rate and review the podcast. Tell your friends. Still a long season to go. Got eight more games. Halfway through it, the Bears are 5-3. and three. See ya. Y'all stay corona free, all right? And God bless.